Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And it is my absolute pleasure to bring you amazing guests every week, and this week is no different. So I'd like to welcome Lee and Julie Colon. Lee and Julie have been encouraging and equipping leaders for healthy growth since 1999. Lee being an organizational psychologist and Julie a health strategist, they are both former corporate leaders and current CEO advisors. In addition to advising CEOs, they've authored 16, not one, 16 leadership books that have been translated into 10 languages. Today, they will share a little bit their insights about what they've done and a little bit from their new book, Healthy Leadership. Thanks for joining us today, Lee and Julie. Thank you for having us. This is such an incredible moment for me. And I just, you know, just to kind of give a little bit of history, a little bit of flair, I've been giving your book away, The Nature of Excellence, for years at Success North Dallas. And and, And I know that's more of your you know, this is beautiful wife, this is more insight where, you know, this is more leadership, this is where the real work gets done, but it's still a beautiful book. And we're just so honored to give that to our speakers. Why, why do you do that? Well, it was a fun fun project and we're happy to be able to do it. Uh, Years ago, Colleen Barrett, upon her retirement at Southwest Airlines, uh, decided to buy a bunch of those books. We're grateful to her for that. Uh, and she gave them to all of her team members and special friends. And one of those was Bill Wallace. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Bill enjoyed the book so much and I think reached out and we were just, uh, we had been going to meetings and stuff and we just thought it might be a nice touch if we could offer that and we were happy to continue doing that. And that was, you know, and we love that. And I can't, you know, if you could just see the looks on the faces of our speakers when we give that to them, like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. We're like, yes, I know. Welcome. Thank you for being here, you know. But but I think, too, you know, so it's it's really incredible to me when you hear, like, you know of these legends, right? Yeah. And then the legend reaches out to you and you're like, what? Oh. And that's kind of how I felt when you two reached out to me to, you know, just talk about, you know, some of the things you have going on about the book and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know. <laughs> Well, we, I feel old enough to be a legend, but I'm not sure yeah. we feel like legends, that's no. for sure. So. We feel thrilled to be here with it's you. It's really an honor to be here. It's really fun. We appreciate it. Well, it is amazing to have you here, and I really appreciate our members, you know, encouraging the us to have this moment on the podcast. And when I say members, I'm talking about our Successful Dallas members. Right. And just allowing us to share in your wisdom today, because you two, I mean the things that y'all have accomplished is just incredible. So tell us a little bit about you and your company and what you do. Sure. So a little bit about us. Um, we met at Florida State University. There's kind of a funny story about that if anybody's interested on our website. Lee was- Wait, 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 I wanna hear the story now. Okay, okay. <laughs> Lee was one of the originators of what is now called catfishing. That was a very- <gasps> It was a very innocent, nice way it to was go. A very innocent what? <laughs> yes, yeah, so- um, Lee came to vote for me for a psychology honorary um, 
organization that I was running for president, and he did vote for me and probably was the tipping point. <laughs> but once I had that position, he began writing me a series of notes from a German exchange student named Hermann von Wagner. And we were sitting next to each other in class. Yes. So <laughs> I didn't really have the guts to... So these letters went back and forth, back and forth at my official mailbox in the psychology department. And they would ask me questions about, may I join the honorary? I have a 2.0. And back then, it's pre-internet. Uh, I didn't know if a 2.0 was maybe like a 4.0. Right. In, Julie's the ultimate yeah. optimist. She's always thinking the best. So. <laughs> so I think for about a month, we corresponded to P.O. boxes and to my president box until one day we were sitting in class. Yep. And I just turned to her and said, so how's Herman doing? <gasps> and so she looked at me and said, "She, I knew it was like that look. She's mm -hmm. like, well, either this is really freaking, I don't know what's going on or something. And I knew it could go one of two ways, but she took it well. And uh, that was the beginning of our first date. And that's uh, almost 40 years ago now. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. That is incredible. That was a great story. So, um, it was it was a good one. And it was, I was very She appreciated my creativity, I guess. And, and your effort. It was yeah. a lot of effort yeah, to break fun. the ice. That so fun. that was at Florida State. We both went to graduate schools in different area. He went to George Washington in D.C., me, Ohio State for preventive medicine, and came here a max of five years, we said, for my job, which was with American Heart. Five years now, how many years later? Yeah, 36 years 36 later. years yeah. later, yeah. we love Dallas. We couldn't imagine being anywhere else. We've had yeah. three children that we yeah. had here and a business, as you alluded to, that we yeah. started in 1999 together. Yeah, and it's really just been a personal calling for both of us to just equip and, uh, and encourage leaders to be able to thrive at home and at work, So, uh, which really been a blessing for us. Hopefully, we can bless others. I have a question. Mm -hmm. I have many questions, but this one's kind of like just one that popped into my head. Y'all been working together since 1999, and y'all yes. are still married? Yes. yes. Wow. Yes. How do you do that? Yeah. So part of it, I think, is, is even really in a part of healthy leadership, and it's kind of self-awareness. And it's not like it happened like that overnight. But being keenly aware of what our different unique strengths and skills mm. were, mm -hmm. respecting those, and then finding the ones that we had that were shared, and figuring out, just like you do with a work team or with your boss or your family members, how you use those strengths and do the best job you can. And that's a process. It's not like even though we've known each other a long time. Yeah. You know, different aspects in family life and work life use different skill sets. So. It was, it was a journey, but it was really just identifying our strengths and our weaknesses and blending those together. Yeah. And I think part of it is just we both feel pretty strongly about the business, about it really is like a personal calling for us. So we mm -hmm. feel like we literally were called to do this, and uh, so it doesn't feel like work for us. So it, it kind of takes a lot of the stress off, too. So, do you, so tell me a little bit about the work you do. I mean, are you working with individuals? What do you... Yes. Like coaching or? Yeah, it falls under three areas, strategy, coaching, and training. And so we do a lot of strategic planning work. We do a lot of work around planning organizations' cultures and working with them. So that's at the organizational level. Mm -hmm. uh, we do quite a bit of CEO and executive coaching. That's at the individual level. Julie has clients. I have clients uh, like that. And then we do a fair amount of training. So we do, um, you know, whether it's training on any of the topics we talk about around leadership or culture or engagement or coaching. Um, so we train on or that. healthy leadership. Or healthy leadership, right. <laughs> and, uh, and then some, some keynote speaking also. So uh, those are kind of the three areas that we work on. And uh, we could be smaller companies all the way up to the Fortune 500. So we've been very fortunate to work with some really great folks. Okay. And, and Julie, how um, do you work, like, because you went for health, right? Or 
Preventive medicine. Preventive yes. medicine. Yeah. Do you work that into your coaching style and to the leadership program? Yeah. I think the fundamental piece that carries over in, in addition to just regular health is really it's about personal behavior change and cult and community behavior change or company behavior change. And so when you look at all the skills that are required to help someone change their individual behavior, mm-hmm. um, it's, that, it's no different if you're talking about eating nutritiously or becoming self-aware and coaching your staff differently. So definitely use behavior change theory in, in action for coaching, for training, pretty yeah. much everything we do. Yeah, and Ju- Julie's also one of just about 1,300 people certified in the world by the Flourishing Institute as a positive psychology practitioner. What? So it's really understanding how our brain works, understanding the natural negative bias that we have in our brain because our brains are really designed to protect us. That's their sole yeah. goal. And so she really understands that and then was, is able to translate that into practical tools that people can use to kind of manage greater positivity in their life and manage the negative emotion out too. So uh, that's really a key aspect. We always say you got to get your mind right before you get your team right. So that's in terms of coaching, that's like a really important, a really important aspect. Thank you for that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, and I agree. I think that's so important. And I did not know that about the positive psychology with mm-hmm. you. Who's the? Um, it's the Flourishing Institute. The Flourishing. Out of New York. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to check into that because yeah. I, you know, it just happened today. I had a really interesting conversation with a candidate that um, was a recent graduate, and she had gone to work or. And she'd gotten a job, but she was only there for like three months. And she ended up getting caught in a layoff. And Mm. she was having a hard time. She'd been four weeks without a job. She'd been on several interviews. And she was just, and I was calling to do my standard recruiting spill. You know, how much did you used to make? What are you targeting? Where do you want to, how far will you commute? You know, what are your skill sets? And I mean, I ended up coaching this girl for about an hour because I was just like, she was so doom and gloom. And I'm like, whoa, 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 Mm. we need to talk about this because you, this is why you're not doing well in interviews. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you because you are just sending out that energy, and until you change your mindset, you're not going to get a job. Yeah, absolutely. You key. know, we're coming up on football season now. They always say football is a game of inches. We always say life is a game of inches. Oh, it's the six inches between your ears, right? <gasps> so I mean, it's really about how we choose to interpret the things that happen to us, how we react to that, and so if we can kind of win that mental game, everything else just falls in place. And so I guess with that, what we try to do is distill the science of that into simple how-tos. It's not just theoretical. It's so, so therefore what? Mm -hmm. What do I do about that? How do I change from this position of doom and gloom to show up better for myself, better for my interview, better for the people in my life? So they're... They're, you know, research-based tools to do that. Mm-hmm. Put those within this book as well. Yeah. Well, tell me about the book because I know when did it come out? Tell me everything. So it's based on our all. All of our books are based on our client experiences. We kind of work with them, and again, because we feel like our, our, our this is like a personal calling for us. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to have more people share the benefit of these models that we put in place. So. Um, we believe that healthy leadership is kind of a new leadership mandate based on research that like Gallup did back in 2017 to kind of identify the shifting worker needs. And then just like any good crisis, the pandemic accelerated those trends. Oh, so, for example, Julie kind of touched on a couple of those trends. Yeah, and, and I might just say it's worldwide research, right. so it wasn't only applicable here. And some of the trends that we'll talk about here were actually more prevalent elsewhere in the world. And the pandemic really accelerated things here. Like we used to say in Europe, they like to, you know, live to work. I mean, work to live just as much as they needed. And we worked to live. 
Did I get that we, right? No, we lived we to work. We lived to work. work. We lived yeah. to work. Back, back, back. And it's really kind of changed. Like people's perspective on life has changed. So in addition, at work, you know, people used to work for a paycheck. People really want to work for a purpose. Mm -hmm. People used to have a boss, and they'd say, that's my boss. Now they really want a coach. And a coach shows up on a daily basis. You know, we don't watch the Olympics and see someone come in for a quarterly review. So they're right there. And um, they really want to grow and they want to, to flourish. And so whether that means they're given a new task or they request a new task, it's, it's really an innate human need. And that's kind of what we talk about in the book, but it's actually really played out in the workforce. People want to learn and grow. Mm. So, so we realize now, so 10 years ago, as, as a leader, if you were addressing those needs, mm -hmm. you really set yourself apart. You were like, wow, he's an out, he or she's an outstanding leader. Now it's just table stakes. You have to do these things just to compete because we believe healthy leadership is really the, the, the magnet that will attract people into the organization. It's also the glue that will help them kind of stay there. So it's, uh, this model is based on just six simple elements. There's a, there's a mindset and a skill set element. So the top of the model, the, the healthy leadership mindset is based on love, positivity, and growth. Okay. And as people, when we first introduced the model, people say, love, what do you mean love in the workplace? I was like, well, and so the only, you know, the, the most talked about, sung about, written about topic in the world, so it, it certainly belongs in the workplace, but we simply define it as, as doing what's in the best interest of others. That's yes. it, right? And the same thing with positivity. People are like, oh, that sounds so Pollyanna. It's really about managing negative emotions and maximizing your positive emotions. So it's really love, positivity, and growth are the, the mindset aspects. And so if you get those right, you know, and this applies anywhere. If you, you'll thrive at home, at work, in the community, it doesn't matter. And again, we have to get our mind right before we get our, our team right. Mm -hmm. So then the bottom portion of the model are the healthy leadership skill set. We call them the practices also of clarifying, coaching, and connecting. And so um, it's very simple. Um, everything we do is very how-to oriented, as Julie mentioned. Even the book is 130 pages or something. We always tell people it comes with one guarantee. If you put it on your nightstand, you know, a couple hours, you're done and you're asleep, right? So, <laughs> but that, we, we, we try to write books people can finish and apply. Right. Uh, and so we just put a lot of those tools in there that people can use to helpfully kind of flourish from a mindset perspective and then a skill set. So even if you're not leading people, even if you're in a job search now, these are the kind of things that could help you, as Julie mentioned before, like show up the best you need, you can show up for your team, for your interview, whatever it might be. So it's really about leading yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know? Oh, that was so good. Yeah. Are there like exercises in here? Mm -hmm. yes. Of course there are. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think you said something earlier that I kind of want to go back to that, you know, it's how you react to a situation right. that I think is so important. And that's what I was trying to teach this candidate today. She's like, you know, I, I did not mean to release a gender, but anyway, uh, <laughs> she was like, you know, I've been to all these interviews and I don't get the job and, you know, and now I'm worried I'm never going to have a job again. I was like, well, let's reframe that a little yeah. bit. Uh -huh. Let's reframe that to, you know yeah. what? I didn't get this job, but man, I got some more practice right. on interviewing. Right. Yeah, that's right. absolutely. She's like, oh, okay. You know, so it's just yeah. those little things that can either be negative or positive, but yeah. you get to choose. Yeah. And, you know, one of the simple things Julie always talks about is just the, the, the word yet is very powerful when it comes to having like a positive mindset. Yes. So I haven't landed a job. No, I haven't landed a job yet. yet. Mm -hmm. So it's temporary. We're going to get there. When we don't, we just say I haven't landed a job, we kind of can start defining ourselves as that. And so just that yet at the end of the sentence kind of opens your mind to possibilities and improvements for the future. You know, and I, I love that you said that word because I, words are so important and they're Absolutely. so powerful. It's yeah. like, I have to, no, I get to. Yeah. Absolutely. I should, no, I want to. Yeah. You know, it makes a big difference in it's, the mindset. It's huge. 
words change everything. Yeah. And I think uh, we do an exercise in there where I think 62% of the words or 60 something percent, 62% percent of the emotional, the emotional words. words in the English language are negative. Mm -hmm. 38% are positive emotional words. So really just in terms of how we talk to ourselves, most importantly, how we talk, talk to uh, our, ourselves, not just other people, we have to be intentional about selecting positive emotional words to make sure we kind of reframe things appropriately. And I guess, you know, thinking about the candidate and one of the things that we feel passionately about is the only person that's all with you 100% of the time is you. Oh, and that's, so, wait, wait, that's really good. And so when you think about, and we ask people in large groups, how many people talk to themselves like they do their best friend? No hands up. Most people are much harder on themselves, yet those are the only words we hear 100% of the time. Yep. So we want to be distinctive, intentional, and positive, reinforcing things for ourselves. And I have a kind of a silly thing, but I actually do it all the time. It's kind of nicknamed Good Job Jules. So when I do anything as mundane as laundry that I didn't like, once I do it, I do a big, good job, Jules. Or I even have a little one that I can do. But literally reinforcing Whoa, What's the things. little one? Is that oh, a little one? In case she's one? in public. Yeah. She doesn't in want case. people to think she's crazy. <laughs> I, well, sometimes I do the big one, but I'm a little, a medium, and a high. But really looking to reinforce yourself because you can't wait for others to give you the information, the feedback, and the support that that you want and need. Mm -hmm. So, you know, understanding what your needs are, determining how you're gonna to respond to yourself and then continually doing that and reinforcing that is a really key part of having a positive mindset. And there's so much brain science behind that. I was just yeah. gonna say, do y'all like yeah. Mel Robbins? Yes. Have you read the or listened to the High Five Habit? Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing because mm -hmm. there's no way you can look at yourself. We just talked yeah. about this on the last episode and say high five yeah. and smile at yourself and right. not feel good. Right. You just can't. Right. Mm -hmm. If you can, you're a psychopath. Yeah. 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 Well, you yeah. know, one of the other tools you always talk about is just using the third third person. So when you talk to yourself, just like you give great advice to your best friend to say when you're struggling, saying, "Hey, Lee, think about it this way. Lee, have you thought about that way?" So talk to yourself ah. from a like using the third person, it kind of helps elevate your perspective to get out of your situation a little bit and give you a little more clarity. So just something as simple as that is kind of talking to yourself in the third person can provide a little more clarity. I really love that, although I would recommend not to do it out loud in front of yeah, people. Well, I right. do yeah. it all the time. But, <laughs> but on that note, there's a great professor out of University of Michigan by the name of Ethan Cross. Okay. His life work is studying our mind thinking and chatter. And he came out with a book called Chatter. And it's science-based tools, that's yep. one of them, yep. that shows you how to control the thoughts that are in your mind. And there are different hypotheses, but the notion is we probably have about 50,000 thoughts a day. So, and the negative feels stronger than the positive. So how the dickens do you show up your best? And there are some tools, and we've used some of those and some for others, but yeah. I would highly recommend one of my favorite books, Chatter. I am yeah. totally going to Barnes & Noble after this and getting yeah. that book because I am like fascinated with the brain and the science yeah. and everything that makes, and, and just the little brain hacks that you can do, just yeah. like high-fiving yourself, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. or just laughing even if you don't mean it. Yeah. Your brain doesn't know the difference. That's right, and emotion lasts yeah. 90 seconds. That's all. I mean, we replay uh, it and create. It last a lifetime if you let you know, it. We create but. stronger connections in our brain with our synapses, but in physio physiologically, it only lasts 90 seconds. So how do we show up in a way and work through that quickly? I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. So just so this doesn't sound overwhelming, just to give you a sense, we'll talk a little bit about research in the book, 
like maybe a paragraph to give some mm -hmm. context, then the rest is like all tools. So it's really very practical. Yeah, I'm just throwing out some things no, no, that yeah, I yeah. like to no, do. No, it's, no, it's all good <laughs> yeah. stuff. But just the kind of the, the balance of really what we try to do is like, how do you apply it? That's the key. Mm -hmm. You can have all the research in the world. If you can't give people a simple, easy way to apply it, then, then what good is it? That's kind of our niche. And I think part of that in, in kind of your interest in the, in the brain science is just understanding mm -hmm. how your brain works. So we talk about that. Like, how does your brain work? How do you feel things and then how do you navigate it so you can respond and just not react like we might naturally without that understanding? Well, I think that's so interesting that you just brought up because I did not know that. And I, that's what I love about these conversations. I always learn something new, oftentimes a lot new. Um, but the fact that yeah. an emotion only lasts 90 seconds, which makes sense why people say take a breath. That's right. That's right. Disrupt that after that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. that makes exactly. so much sense now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about, because so, obviously you guys have been in the leadership space for a long time, but what leadership traits or behaviors are most likely to drive employees away from an organization? Yeah, I would say it's pretty clear because it, it aligns with the needs that they currently have. So I would say two of them are, are not feeling appreciated mm -hmm. or developed, mm. right? Do I feel appreciated for not just my contribution, but for who I am as a human being like right. so we say as a, as a leader you have to see the human being behind the behind the employee if people don't feel like they're seen and heard and then also being developed uh, th th those one of the main things that they'll, they'll walk away from so um, and I think over time I mean even in our lifetimes the idea of a profession and being you know one way at work and then being another way at home yeah. has mm -hmm. really you know one of those needs that we have and, and one of the research points is we used to think of our job yep. and then our life. Yeah. And now our perception is it's all one, it's all life. You know, technology's helped that, but also we wanna show up as our authentic self, both at home and at work. And that's, you know, a little different that you wanna be seen and heard for who you are, not just a job you do. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and um, by the way, one of the things that I think is so important that I work with people on, and I'm sure you guys do this too, is really knowing what your core values are. Mm -hmm. And my number one core value is authenticity. Mm -hmm. yep. It's really important for me when I walk in here, when I walk into the office, when I'm at home, that I show up the same every Absolutely. single place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I wanted to talk to you guys about something that I love to talk about. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm such a nerd. I'm such a nerd. And I'm okay with that. But I want to talk to you about emotional intelligence. Sure. So I know you all wrap this up in a lot of your um, courses yep. and stuff like yep. that that you do. But talk to me about why it's important and what healthy emotional intelligence looks like. Well, we would say that it looks like the top part of our model that I talked mm -hmm. about. Because it's really about your mindset. If you understand love your relationship to other people if you understand your brain and positivity how you can bring your best self to, to the to, to the any situation and you understand how you can grow we always say you know the, the, the most important knowledge is self-knowledge right so really there's there's self-awareness and emotional intelligence underlying the entire uh, all three elements of the healthy leadership mindset of love positivity and growth like so we, we don't really talk about like this is emotional intelligence, mm -hmm. but we frame it in a way like if you get these right, you can't be emo low emotional intelligence and get those three right. So it's really a yeah. more accessible way to develop those skills. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when people hear emotional intelligence, they feel it feels like a little bit intimidating. Well, the other thing is go to a room and say, raise your hand if you're not emotionally intelligent. <laughs> Who's going to raise their hand, right? <laughs> so no one likes to acknowledge that they are. But when we talk about love, positivity, and growth, and we share the science behind it and some practical tools behind it, 
people embrace it and start making improvements and by default without really noticing it they're really becoming more emotionally intelligent uh, and i think the key that you said with each of those is understand understand because you know you've alluded to it's been mentioned several times in this conversation being aware yourself being self-aware and that's not something people often want to do mm -hmm. and i think part of you know that blend that i talked about from work and and life now is it's it's okay to to be self-aware and to say like i'm really working on this in fact one of my ceo clients is you know, he was from maybe an older school of, of leadership and now moving to the young, to the new school. And he has been forthright in all staff meetings saying, look, I'm working on these few things and I would love your help. You know, when you see me doing it right, let me know. When I don't, let me know. I'm working to improve myself. And I think there's nothing more vulnerable, more honest, mm -hmm. more authentic, more admirable than someone that and, sees themselves yeah. in a way and wants to improve. and. It, and engages the group in doing so. It's more, it's attractive too. I mean, people it's, want that. They know someone's human, they're trying to work on, they mm -hmm. know I have a vested interest to help, even my help out my boss, and it says that he's gonna probably help me out. Absolutely. So, um, Set the whole stage. But that's not for the that. standard from 10 No, years no ago, it's right? a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, a beautiful it, thing. It's healthy leader. And I just yeah. read a story, and I can't, it was some very notable woman. And I, oh, I wish I could remember who it was. I shouldn't have even brought it up. But everybody looked at her, and she was so successful. Yeah. And she stood up, and she said, this is what I'm working with. This is what I'm struggling with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And everybody yeah. was like, wow. So yeah. Everybody is. Nothing. Yeah. No, no one's perfect. It's not, the appearance might be perfect, particularly in today's kind of social media world. But Filters. Got to love them. Right, right. And, and anyone knows that everyone's got something they're working well, on. Well, and if we're still alive, we always want to be growing, right? Yes. I mean, and if, particularly if you're in a leadership role, there's so much changing in this world. If you're not committed to growing, you know, when our when our youngest child was about four, she was like, Mommy, you know, there are only two ways to be. And I didn't know where that was going. Yeah. And she's like, you're either growing or you're dying. And I was like, wow, out of the mouth of babes. That's so true. Like growth is a lifetime sport. Yeah. And that whether you're in a leadership role or not, I think in, mm -hmm. in the new w world of work, you just need to always be kind of growing and improving. And, and I think the data proves that out, that that's what the new worker's looking for. So as a leader, we need to make sure that we're providing that kind of an environment for them. And I, and I couldn't agree with you more. I, t I tell you, you know, for the first probably 20 years of my career, maybe even 25, it was just like, I was just like, chug, 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 chug. But when I finally got into an opportunity that allowed me to spread my wings, it was just like, vroom, yeah. to the moon, yeah. you know? And it yeah. was just an amazing, and I, I mean, now I have a podcast yeah. because they let me spread my wings and try something new. And yeah. I think that's really amazing to allow your people to grow in the direction they want to grow, not the direction you need them to grow. Yeah. And yeah. part of that was, you know, looking at a way, you know, we used to manage people in the way it's best today. And we know from science is working from your strengths. Mm. You're obviously a very skilled thinker, a very skilled speaker, um, have a very inquisitive, curious mind. Something like this is perfect for you. If you were in accounting and you didn't get to talk to anyone, that might not have been the ideal. It crushed my soul. Use right. of, your, right. of your skills and right. your natural gifts. And your, right. So yeah. the more we can align an individual with his or her strengths, the more they're going to soar. In fact, we'll, we'll talk, we've talked to tens of thousands of leaders and we've asked them, tell us about the best leader in your life. And, and unequivocally, the, the most common answer is the leader that saw something in me that I didn't see myself. In other words, they saw potential in me. Mm and help bring it out of me. They help me thrive in my gifted areas. So um, that's really critical. So I mean, that the best leaders today as a coach, to me that's like the number one job of a coach mm -hmm. 
is to identify their natural gift and create an environment where that person can thrive in those gifted areas. I love that. So I'm very curious. So healthy leadership is so important. And, you know, a lot of times I'm placing people in jobs. And my, my number one rule is I never want to put a person in a position in a job that I wouldn't want to be in myself. So that's my number one rule. So if I'm going for an interview, which I never will again, because um, I love where I work, what what are some signs that there might be some unhealthy leadership here that I can pick up on in the interview? Yeah, I would say uh, we're big on clarity. I think clarity in any organization tells you that there's a well thought out way about doing things. So I would okay. look for lack of clarity in growth ladders and lattices, even if it's, you know, a growth ladders this way, a lattice could be even this way. Is there clarity about how I'm going to grow in the organization? Is there, or is there, un, is, there un, un, is it unclear? Is, are there unclear expectations in the job? Are there unclear kind of culture or kind of the way we, the way we do things around here, right? Uh, is there an unclear purpose for the organization? If you ask them, what's the purpose of your organization? They're not really sure. What's the purpose of this job? Not just what do I do, what's the purpose of it? So lack of clarity in any of those things from expectations to job purpose to, to growth opportunities tell me that the, the organization has not matured to a point where they really define, like, this is how we do things around. This mm. is how we grow you. This is how we set expectations. This is how we help you succeed. So those would be kind of more subtle, but I think really important triggers that, hmm, maybe that's a, a red flag for me. And I think looking at it not as just a one-way interview, yeah. but you're interviewing the company as well mm -hmm. to look for those things. But also, you know, when you talk to multiple people, is there inconsistency? And their passion you know are they excited to come to work have they been there a long time and they maintain that passion kind of the opposite of the the bad flags or the red yeah. flags it yeah. would be you know come on board and, and how that connects to you and and where you want to go I, I think that is great advice you know and i dumb looked into my role with vip but i'm so grateful that i did but looking back when i was interviewing with them yeah. i can see those things that you're talking about mm -hmm. and yeah. it's like I said, I dumb looked into it, but I'm so grateful I did. So, oh my goodness, this has been such good information. I cannot wait to go back and re-listen to this because I'm not taking notes and I'm a big write it down kind of girl. Um, so I'm going to have to go back and listen and take notes because this has been a lot of great information. So, but now we're, I'm going to ask you our VIP questions. Okay. Sure. So I'll let you decide who's going to answer okay. each one. Okay. But these are just our fun little questions, and it also kind of gives me a little bit more insight into how you think. Mm -hmm. So, if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? You that's, may go to Mars. That's me. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Julie's staying here, you. so don't yeah, take I her. Am, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't take a family member because I would, we have such a close family, I feel like I would be breaking up the family. So, uh, so I would take photos of my family. Uh, I would take one of my very visionary clients because I think it's really important to have great vision when you're oh. trying to see what mm. you can make of a new place. And then I would also take a spiritual leader. Did you know he was going to say that beforehand? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> we, did have, we, have, we do chat. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You'll still talk. Every yeah, yeah, we do. We do. All right. So what's one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? I'll start with that. I have a car dance party. I am big on dance parties. You know, talk every morning. Every morning, I have a, I go to Pilates every morning. So okay. on my way to Pilates, I have a car dance party, and I really am a big proponent of using music to elevate your mood because I'm half asleep. But by the time I drive those 12 minutes, I am ready to roll. And car dance parties, I, I look like a ninny. I know at the <laughs> light because I'm all in there. But 
Um, yeah, car dance party and Pilates start my day. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> do you have something in particular? I do. I write in a gratitude journal. I pray <gasps> and I write in a gratitude journal. It's just a great grounding moment to see what I'm thankful for, and it's hard to have a bad day once you kind of take some time writing writing that down. I'm a huge fan of gratitude yeah. lists in the morning. So. There's great research and science behind the power of it, mm -hmm. too. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So if your life's work, and I'm, I'm going to wrap you two up together sure. in this because sure. it seems like you've been very aligned for a long time but if your life's work was being summarized in a news article what would the headline be i would say um she helped me reach my god-given potential mm -hmm. yeah. and you would say yeah. i would say it's kind of funny i would just say dedicated to healthy growth because mm -hmm. we really that's what we were about just whether it's individuals families organizations clients how do we help them grow in healthy ways and I should say they, not she, but oh, I, was yes, doing it from, okay. I was doing it from a that's party okay. of one. That's Sorry okay. about that. That's okay. <laughs> okay. So how do people get in touch with you if they need your services? Yeah, uh, we have lots of free tools on our website. You could go to leadershipexperts.com. That's simple, leadershipexperts.com. There are self-assessments out there, yeah. blog, blog posts, um, just quick things to in inspire your team. Uh, and uh, just we try to, again, uh, we're there to, to serve, and so hopefully get some value out of that. You almost have hopped on that url like early on that's like you could probably no, sell that for I, hundreds I, I of thousands i wish i was that proactive we were we hopped on it much later and we paid the price for it oh. <laughs> but i will just say on that there are two things you can sign up for two newsletters one leadership and one like a weekend inspiration each week free no selling um, but we found a lot of people find those valuable for themselves but also share them with their team and their family yeah i love that I am so glad, number one, to have met you in person, finally, Likewise. and just to have shared this information with you. You two have been an absolute blast. Our pleasure. Thank you. And I just have one last thing to say to you, sure. besides yes. I might need more books. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you are VIPs. Thank you. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.